Amen. Well, it's wonderful to be in the house of the Lord with each and every one of you today, no matter what room we are in. God is in this place, amen, and He's here to speak to us today. Those that will be listening to the podcast as well, we just want to let you know that we're standing with you in faith, just trusting in the promises of God, and this is a season where we need to take extra time that we do have and really press into God. Really take the time and read His Word, fill our homes with His presence, worship music, put it on in the home, and just take this season to go deeper with the Lord. These moments that we have, don't take it for granted, and we know that God is working and God is moving. Amen? If you have your Bibles, you can open up to the book of Revelation, chapter 6. encourage you to follow along in your Bibles. Revelation 6, verse 8. And I looked, and behold, a pale horse, and his name that sat on him was death, and hell followed with him. And power was given unto them over the fourth part of the earth, to kill with sword, and with hunger, and with death, and with the beasts of the earth. Revelation chapter 19, verses 11 to 16, And I saw heaven opened, and behold, a white horse. And he that sat upon him was called Faithful and True. And in righteousness he doth judge and make war. His eyes were as a flame of fire, and on his head were many crowns. And he had a name written that no man knew but he himself. And he was clothed with a vesture dipped in blood, and his name is called the Word of God. And the armies which were in heaven followed him upon white horses, clothed in fine linen, white and clean. And out of his mouth goeth a sharp sword, that with it he should smite the nations. And he shall rule them with a rod of iron. And he treadeth the winepress of the fierceness and wrath of Almighty God. And he hath on his vesture and on his thigh a name written, King of kings and Lord of lords. Two horses, two riders. Behold a pale horse. Behold a white horse. The pale horse carries a rider and his name is death. And hell follows him. The white horse carries a rider, and his name is Faithful and True, and heaven follows him. Even now the enemy is riding in the world on a pale horse. And even now the Lord is riding in the world on a white horse. We must be reminded that the enemy comes as an angel of light. 2 Corinthians 11, verses 14 and 15, Satan himself transforms himself into an angel of light. Therefore, it is no great thing if his ministers also transform themselves into ministers of righteousness, whose end will be according to their works. When things are black and white, it is easy to differentiate between what is not pure and what is pure. What the Lord is saying to us today is this. My people must differentiate between what is pale and what is pure. 
the things that are pale versus the things that are pure. The things that are pale, a pale comparison versus the things that are pure. The ways that are pale versus the ways that are pure. The doings and the goings that are pale versus those that are pure. The voice that is pale versus the voice that is pure. The stride that is pale versus the stride that is pure. Hell follows the pale horse and rider, and heaven follows the white horse and rider. One horse carries a death sentence. One horse and rider come with a death sentence, and one horse and rider come with a life sentence. You see, the enemy is okay with a pale comparison. And some are failing to distinguish the pale from the pure. Revelation 6.8, the message reads, A colorless horse, sickly pale. Its rider was death, and hell was close on its heels. The Amplified, so I looked, and behold, an ashen pale, greenish-gray horse, like a corpse, representing death and pestilence. And its rider's name was Death, and Hades, the realm of the dead, was following with him. It's no new news that the enemy is a deceiver, but we have a hope of overcoming his wiles, his tricks, his conning. The best the enemy can do, the best the enemy can come up with is a pale comparison. And this is why we must gain spiritual sight and we must use spiritual sight. As the people of God, we must gain spiritual sight and we must use spiritual sight that we can differentiate between the pale and the pure. As I've already said, when things are black and white, it's easy to see. When things are pale versus the pure, it's going to take spiritual sight, spiritual eyes. 1 John 4, 1, Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits, whether they are of God, because many false prophets have gone out into the world. 1 Timothy 4, 1, Now the Spirit expressly says that in latter times some will depart from the faith, giving heed to deceiving spirits and doctrines of demons. The Bible is warning us, the Bible is encouraging us, exhorting us. Matthew 24, 24, for false Christs and false prophets will rise and show great signs and wonders to deceive, if possible, even the elect. We must be those that differentiate between the pale and the pure. They can call it like it is. They see through spiritual eyes, spiritual sight. My prayer for us is the prayer of Philippians 1, verses 9 to 11. And this I pray, that your love may abound still more and more in knowledge and all discernment, that you may approve the things that are excellent, that you may be sincere and without offense till the day of Christ, being filled with the fruits of righteousness, which are by Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. How many can say amen to that today? You see, it's not always black and white. The enemy is okay with a pale comparison. 
And I believe the Lord would ask us today, what horse and rider will we welcome? What horse and rider will we entertain? What horse and rider will we provide for? What horse and rider will we ride with in the earth? Revelation 19.11, Now I saw heaven open, and behold, a white horse. And he who sat on him was called Faithful and True. And in righteousness he judges and makes war. In this world, in this life, just as the rider who sits on the white horse, we in righteousness must judge and make war. J.B. Phillips' New Testament reads, His judgment and his warfare are just. The message judges and makes war in pure righteousness. The Passion Translation, with pure righteousness, he judges and rides to battle. The Amplified, he passes judgment and wages war in righteousness, holiness, justice, and uprightness. Verse 11, in its entirety in the Amplified, After that I saw heaven opened, and behold, a white horse appeared. The one who was riding it is called Faithful, Trustworthy, Loyal, Incorruptible, Steady, and True. And he passes judgment and wages war and righteousness, holiness, justice, and uprightness. The Lord is calling us to the same, to be a people labeled faithful, trustworthy, Loyal, incorruptible, steady, and true. A people that pass judgment and wage war in righteousness, holiness, justice, and uprightness. You see, faithfulness and truthfulness are the keys to judging and making war in pure righteousness. We have to know that we are in a battle. We know that we are in. A battle. This life is a battle. This is not a walk in the park. We need the name of the rider on the white horse upon us that the people of God be called faithful and true. That God's people be called faithful and true. No one is those that are faithful and true. The judge and make war in righteousness. Charles Spurgeon said these words, In righteousness doth he judge and make war. He bids his champions come forth with nothing but his word and speak that word faithfully as they receive it, whether men will hear or whether they will forbear. He tells his people, wherever they are, to live righteously, soberly, and in all integrity. And he himself shakes off, as a man shakes off a viper from his hand, anything that is unrighteous, everything that is contrary to truth and holiness. This is our champion, and I warrant you are right glad that he sits on the white horse and has the upper hand. Since he fights after this fashion, the more of such warfare, the better for mankind. We must be those that judge in righteousness. Judge in righteousness? Yes. Judge ourselves. Judge in righteousness? Yes. Judge the world. Judge our workings? Judge in righteousness? Yes. Judge the times, the seasons, 
We must make war in righteousness. We fight righteously. And we must engage in battle righteously. 2 Corinthians 10, verses 4 to 6. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God. For pulling down strongholds, casting down arguments, and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ, and being ready to punish all disobedience when your obedience is fulfilled. We must be those that judge in righteousness and make war righteously. The enemy is on a mission to deceive. Deceive the world, yes, but the Bible warns us, the Bible cautions us that he's on a mission to deceive, even if possible, the elect. This is the truth of the Word of God, and this is what Spirit would caution us against. See, the enemy rides high and proud on a pale comparison. He knows his time is short. And so he comes and he has come to a sophisticated world, a sophisticated age with new tactics. He comes seated on a pale horse. A pale comparison. A pale comparison and some are failing to distinguish between the pale and the pure. A pale comparison. A soft cell gospel. A soft way of holiness of which there is no such thing. Wishy-washy, watered down, sickly, anemic, and colorless. And so the Spirit of the Lord would say to us today, do not welcome the rider on the pale horse. Do not entertain the rider on the pale horse. Do not provide food and water for the pale horse. And do not let the pale horse take shelter in your storehouse. people of spiritual understanding in this time in history hell follows the pale horse and rider ah but how can how can hell follow this doesn't look so bad it's close it's not that far off Revelation 6, 8, the message of colorless horse, sickly pale, its rider was death, and hell was close on its heels. The Amplified, so I looked, and behold, an ashen, pale, green, greenish-gray horse, like a corpse representing death and pestilence, and its rider's name was death, and Hades, the realm of the dead, was following with him. You see, the truth is that death is death no matter what horse it rides in on. But that horse, this horse is pale to fool the people. The Spirit of the Lord would say to us today, we are a different generation. We are a different people. And we must be a generation that isn't satisfied with a pale comparison. We must be a generation that isn't swayed by a pale comparison. 
A generation that isn't sidetracked by a pale comparison or sidelined by a pale comparison. A generation that isn't softened by a pale comparison. A generation that isn't swindled by a pale comparison. And the Lord would say to us today that we are a generation that is set apart. A generation that is seen as different. A generation that is the pure bride of Christ. Not a pale comparison of what Jesus saw in his eyes as he hung on the cross. The purity that he saw, the perfection that he saw, the righteousness that he saw. Let us behold the white horse and its rider. Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. Behold the Son of God who takes away the sin. Of our world, let us welcome the white horse and rider. Let us entertain the white horse and rider. Let us provide for the white horse and rider. Let us welcome, let us welcome them, the white horse and rider. Let us invite them into our storehouse. Revelation 19:11. And I saw heaven opened, and behold, a white horse. And he that sat upon him was called faithful and true. The Amplified Bible, after that I saw heaven opened, and behold, a white horse appeared. The one who was riding it is called faithful, trustworthy, loyal, incorruptible, steady, and true. You can have the worship team return today. Charles Spurgeon continued. If he ever gets on horseback, he will have his saints on horseback with him. For it is not like him that he should ride and they should walk. Remember Alexander? How he kept up the spirit of his soldiers? Whenever the troops were thirsty, Alexander would not drink. And when they marched on foot, Alexander footed it with them. So it is with our master. He has been marching here in the rough ways with us, and he will let us ride in the glory ways with him when the time shall come. We ride now with the Lord, the white horse and rider out front. We ride now with the Lord, and yet there is a day when the rider on the white horse will come out of heaven. The reality is that our living is always welcoming the final day. Our days, our moments, our seconds are always welcoming the final day. Does the Bible not say that the day of the Lord will come like a thief in the night? We are always welcoming the final day, whether with the spirit of acknowledgement or not, because the reality is none of us knows when that day will come. Our living is always welcoming the final day, and I pray that our living would always welcome the final day. That on that day, the Lord would find a people ready. People that have provided for Him. People that have readied themselves. 
Blessed are those who wash their robes now. We must prepare now. We must ready ourselves now. We must ensure our horse is wide and that we are called faithful and true. One horse carries a death sentence and one horse carries a life sentence. It's always a ride in and of death unless we ride a horse that isn't pale, sickly, a pale comparison. And so, the prayer today, Philippians 1, 9 to 11. And this I pray, that your love may abound still more and more in knowledge and all discernment, that you may approve the things that are excellent, that you may be sincere and without offense till the day of Christ, being filled with the fruits of righteousness, which are by Jesus Christ, to the glory and praise of God. Let's stand today. Let's begin to lift this up. Thank you, Lord, for the truth of your word today. Thank you again that we can be in your house today, Lord. We've come to exalt you and lift you up. Let that be the tenor of our lives, Lord, the motivation of our lives. To see you always exalted. To see you always lifted high and magnified. Glorified, Jesus. We exalt. Come on, we just pour it out on you, Jesus. We exalt. We exalt. Oh, we lift our hands and sing. We Yeah, we sing Savior, we sing Savior.
Oh, we lifting him up. Yeah, saviors. Let's pray today. Lord, we thank you that we can gather in your house. So thankful for this day. This is the day the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. We thank you for your word today, Lord, and I pray that we would be a people of spiritual sight, a people of discernment. Lord, I pray that we would be a pure people, holy and righteous and set apart, a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation. Lord, we pray your blessing upon your people. We know that all your promises are yes and amen. Lord, I pray again in this time as we've been exhorted that we would take the time to dive deeper and go deeper. Lord, that we would shut down the things that need shutting down and turn up the things that need turning up. Lord, I pray that your people would be clothed in a spirit of faith, and I pray when we feel our faith levels are low that we would remember our responsibilities. Your word says that we're responsible to stir ourselves up in the most holy faith. And so, Lord, I pray that we would be a people that do just that. Lord, we pray your blessing upon your people today. And now we say to him who is seated on the throne and unto the lamb that was slain, be blessing and honor and glory and power both now and throughout the endless ages. And the church said, amen. God bless you today. Thank you for coming. Have a wonderful week and we'll be in touch with you. All glory to Jesus. Amen. God bless.